This is a series, a series for financial advisors. We offer easy to implement marketing and practice management advice. This is The Stephen and Kevin Show. Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 103 of The Stephen and Kevin Show. And today we're gonna be talking about how to develop a content creation process. Hey, before we get started, if you haven't already, like and subscribe, we appreciate you. And today we're gonna have a little bit of fun sharing uh, two perspectives. One, the perspective that we get by uh, working alongside a lot of financial professionals in their content creation process. And we'll also offer some insights from our own content because we create a lot of it ourselves. Yeah, exactly. We're doing it right now. But hey, maybe a third perspective. We're going to start with a fun example today. And that example comes to us from Mr. Beast. Kevin, you know Mr. Beast? I definitely know Mr. Beast. Um, I was introduced to Mr. Beast by my son, Leo, who is seven. And actually, last week, we were, we were at the beach you know, for 4th of July, and Mr. Beast was on pretty much the whole time. Like, pretty much constantly. He's entertaining. I'm not going to say that I watch a ton of it, but I've seen it same way through the kids. He's pretty yeah. entertaining. Yeah. So, uh, Jimmy Donaldson is his name. You know okay. where he's from? You do? I do. He's from Greenville, North Carolina, which is where I was born. He is, uh, having been to Greenville, North Carolina, he, he's the highest paid creator on YouTube. Revenue last year, 2021, of $54 million. That's insane. What do you do with that kind of money in uh Greenville, North Carolina. I think he puts a lot of it back into the business. Though. I read that. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, he's a fairly young guy. He's 24 years old. He's responsible for videos like, I spent 50 hours in solitary confinement. <laughs> or would you take $100,000 to swim with sharks? Yes, exactly. Those kind of things. Like, yeah. uh, I don't and, know if I would call them. They're like stunt donation type videos. I'll tell you, my kids watch a lot of stuff. And I will tune into his stuff. Like when they're watching that. Because it's interesting. Like... Yeah, it's just like a weird challenge or something. Yeah, so. better than uh, Blippy, as we've uh, talked oh, about earlier. We grew up with Blippy. Yeah. Uh, not we, but the, well, the kids. Kids did. Anyway, so yeah. uh, so this guy, it's not our intent to turn you into him, but I think it, when you look at the extremes of any profession, you learn a lot from it. Mm -hmm. And there's plenty of literature out there. There's a Rolling Stone interview. There's a Joe Rogan interview. There's a, there's a lot of literature about, behind the scenes, what does he do? Yeah. What does the organization look like? Uh, what led to his success? What was his early uh, career like and that sort of thing? Sure. Uh, lived with his mom for a while, told her he was going to community college, but he wasn't. Uh, that, that sort of stuff. It's interesting. He looks like he would be that guy, though, right? Uh, but, you know, a couple of things that I took away that are relevant to us, and I think relevant to all of you. Number one being that, uh, you know, it's not all about infinite creativity. Uh, number one was that he spent a lot of time learning the craft. Mm -hmm. In some of those interviews, he talks about things like, uh, he made a quote like, I woke up, I studied YouTube, I studied videos, I studied filmmaking, I went to bed. And that was my life, right? Uh, he said he studied things like, you know, how often do camera angles cut in videos that get millions of views? How do brightness levels and thumbnails affect clicks? Wow. And he's still a student of the game. You learn a lot by studying other people's craft. Mm -hmm. uh, and number two, you just think a lot about the structure required to do video like that at a high level. You know, structure in terms of the meetings you must have, the budgets you must plan for, the personnel you must have. And when you look at it in the extremes, I looked up his LinkedIn profile, which he does have 75 employees on LinkedIn. Wow. Uh, everything from folks in IT to uh, you know, production coordinators to compliance. He's got all kinds of people, bodyguards on staff. But you look at some of the structure necessary to create content like that at a high level, and it gives you a peek into some of the investments that you then have to make. Right. right? Well, as, a, as a financial advisor who's getting into content creation, you're going to have to invest a little bit. A little bit of time and energy and structure. So for us, like, mm, we didn't always meet about our content. 
No. We didn't always meet about our ads. We didn't always discuss or review the analytics. Or plan content in advance. Yeah, we didn't always have full-time marketers here on staff. Right. So as you think about where you are in the content marketing journey, think a lot as we go through today on how to create content. Think a lot about the structure required mm -hmm. and what's next for you. Yeah, I like that. That's good. That's a good perspective. And yes, he is the extreme and he's a master at what he's doing. He is a beast, you know, but... um. Have you seen the episode, just curious, Stephen, have you seen the episode where he creates like a Willy Wonka chocolate factory? Uh, I read about that one today. I didn't watch it the video. It's so elaborate and so amazing. I mean, and then he videos the creation of it, you know, the actual show itself. I mean, he just, the guy, the guy does a, a phenomenal job. His most it. expensive video shoot was $4 million yeah. for recreating Squid Game. Oh, wow. I think I've seen that one, actually. Um, the other thing that he does, and this is according to my son, Leo, is he just like gives away money. That's the big part, a big part of it. Yeah. He just like, well, he said, Leo's like, if I see him, you know, and he's seven, right? So he's like, if I see him on the street and cause he knows he's in North Carolina, he's like, I need to be subscribed to him. Cause if you're subscribed, he'll just give you $10,000. So. He's also the chief reason why my kids know what fancy cars are. <laughs> you know, my youngest, he just turned six and he's like, I'm getting a Lamborghini when yeah. I get older. I said, well, where are you going to work? <laughs> so funny to me. Anyway. Um, good example to kind of kick things off today as we get into content creation for advisors. Again, By the way, do you want to know where he's going to work? Where? Lincoln Financial. Are you serious? It's oh. the tallest building here in Greensboro. Wow. How else do you afford a Lamborghini? Well, it's high aspirations, though. That's cool. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, to, to get back into, today, to, into today's topic, as we, we talk about advisors getting into content creation, yes, we're not trying to turn you into Mr. Beast's. But we are, I mean, there's a lot of things you can learn, like you were, you were mentioning, Stephen. Also, the fact that, like, he kind of went with his own style of content, right? He just believed in it, and then the rest of everyone else, the audience kind of caught up to it. He just started creating and creating and creating. So hopefully um, we can pull some, some good insights from Yeah, him. but more importantly today, that was an interesting and, and fun kickoff. More importantly today, I think you'll learn from our experiences with other, with other financial professionals and some of the stuff that we're doing here that's a little close, more closely aligned to you know, getting started. Right. Uh, so... What we are going to talk about today isn't all about video. It's not about just, no. just YouTube either. We're talking about content creation, whether it is audio in the form of a podcast, written in forms of uh, blogs or articles, uh, or video. Right. So we're, so we're going to share with some of you our content creation process internally as well, like and that you can take and mirror. So we're going to start with you know, just the basics, and that's the ideation. Like, How do you start coming up with ideas for content in itself? And the most obvious one, and I'm sure you've heard a million social media consultants say this, is we're going to start with the questions that you're getting from clients. Like what, what kind of questions are you getting from clients, prospective clients, centers of influence on a regular basis? And are those, is that a good foundation for content creation? Yeah, and I think at first you have to force that habit. At first you have to really actively think about every client conversation as an opportunity to learn something or to, to, as a content creation medium. Mm -hmm. um, but over time it becomes natural. Yes. And I'll give you a good example of this. So Matt Oxley, he's been writing articles for uh, for, for a very long time, right? I think yeah. some of the articles I was pulling, when I first started working here, one of my jobs was to print out every article or find every article and put it into a binder. And we still mm -hmm. have it. Some from the 80s. There's a ton of articles. And I will say one thing he's naturally very, very good at is he can be at a department store and have an encounter with someone and he's immediately thinking, that's a good article. Yes. Or he can have one conversation with a client. He's immediately got his notebook out and he's like, that's an article right there. And he's just wired to make that connection now. At first, most people are not. Yeah. 
he would say, catalog your stories, catalog your stories, right? He used to say that to us all the time. And it's smart. It's just, it's just like you said, being wired for it. Right. Well, there are times when you're talking to him about some mundane story and he's like, Ooh, I got to write about this. And I'm thinking, got to write about it. Yeah. So if you're tuned into it, yeah. you have that antenna activated, there's probably way more opportunities than you realize to come up with content concepts. Um, you know, the other thing is, is to look through your, your, your <laughs> what's that? You and you're, uh, you're making fun of me for my paper. And now your iPad is asking you for a six digit code. Yeah, yeah. I, if you're paper. listening just audio and you're, you're not watching on YouTube, I have an iPad. Steven has an old school piece of paper. Um, and anyway. No password required. No password. Okay. The other one is to look at your email inbox. I bet your inbox on your email has questions from clients or things that are happening that you could turn into pieces of content. I mean, the idea behind this is that if a client has that question, a center of influence has that question, there's lots of other people who have that question. And you're going to help answer that question. Absolutely. And a third way to do it is just by being a student of other people's content. And that doesn't mean to rip off your competitors. That just means be widely subscribed to people who are good at content creation. Mm -hmm. Even if they're a landscaper, if they're a photographer, if they have a restaurant in town, you can learn a lot by the way they frame things. Yeah. So they give seven classic mistakes that people new to their profession make. Oh, I could do that one. Exactly. Um, one other thing that, that I want to mention when it comes to coming up with content ideas that I don't think is talked about rarely ever, uh, but I know it's something that we internally think about is that if you want to learn something right new, or you want to get better at something like create a piece of content around it. So like you're, you write an article on it. You're going to have to do the research. We're going to have to watch other videos on it. If you said, you know what, I want to really get good on how I describe the difference with differences between a, a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA, like put it on paper. You know, it's like you will get better at it by just just the, the act of creating content. And I think that's a really good point for new advisors as well, as they're articulating these things to clients and prospects during meetings. If you've already created content around that, like you kind of solidified your explanation a little bit. Definitely. And I think sometimes the easiest articles to write, the easiest videos to produce aren't necessarily the most fulfilling for you or the most interesting for other people. True. Like if, if we were to think right now, what topic should we talk about that's really, really easy? We would think back to something we've been talking about for 20 years. Personal introduction. Yeah, something really, we could talk yeah. about that easily. Um, but, you know, for us, sometimes it's like, well, you know what we could brush up on is how to advertise through YouTube. Exactly. You dive into that before you know it, you're like, oh, this is real. You've got more energy about it because it's more interesting to you. It's new. Yeah. I, I know there's got to be some saying out there. I don't know what the saying is, but this is something along the lines of like, if you want to get better, it's not like teach it, like be a teacher and then you kind of learn the topic even better. So anyway. All right. So that's coming up with the ideas, right? That's a whole ideation process. If you're thinking about it more. Um, if you're cataloging, cataloging those stories, if you think about the topics that you're getting asked and you're wanting and you're curious, right? You have that mind of curious mind where you're always wanting to learn. You're going to have plenty of ideas to, to choose from here. As we talk about structure and the need for it, one structured meeting you'll need to have is around content ideas. Mm -hmm. So many of you are on teams. Many of the people viewing this are on teams. Use your collective ideas as a means to gather content, because you're not the only one on the team having conversations with clients and prospective clients That's and centers point. of influence. Have a meeting at a set interval, once a month even, to talk about content ideas, and that drives the process. That's a great point. What if you're, you're you know, paraplanner on the team or your assistant's like, I get asked this all the time. Perfect. That might be a great piece of content. Um, the next part of this process is, is going to be getting into the creation. And, you know, for someone who's starting off, right, who's not in 
you're not going to be Mr. Beast, right? You're just getting started. One of the things that, that we would recommend is that you develop a cornerstone series, right? Um, and that's the term that we use for it, but it's, it's kind of pillar content. It's like your, your main series. Your, like for us, it is the Stephen and Kevin show, right? Like that is an essential component to our content. Um, maybe it's a podcast. Maybe it's written. Maybe it's just video, right? And I don't know if the medium matters as much as just having some sort of ongoing series that is your cornerstone series. That's right. And by cornerstone, we mean... It's got a name. Yep. It's got a set frequency that you hope to, to stick with. Like it's got a name that's beyond market insights with Jeff. You know, it, it's something a little snazzier than that, let's hope. Yes. But it's something that, uh, you know, think about a podcast. Podcast is a great example of it because typically they have a name. Typically mm -hmm. they're recurring and that sort of thing. But, but to your point, it's branded a little bit, yeah. right? It's not just, oh, I just do videos for XYZ Wealth Management. We just create videos. No, it's like it has a little bit of pizzazz to it. It has has something that's interesting, a hook around it. For sure. And when you're thinking about which medium to buy it all first, typically, I mean, we do them all now. We do a podcast, we write, we do all that stuff. Uh, but getting started is probably best determined by what you're good at or what you have a passion for. If you really like doing video, start with video. Yeah. If you hate video and you love writing, start with a blog. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it doesn't really matter. Just start with whatever you think you can reliably do for a, a good amount of time and also what your clients would desire. If you've got a clientele uh, clientele that's fairly older, you can make the argument they'd really enjoy your your written content. Mm -hmm. You can look at our data and see that they would enjoy written content, uh, and that you, if your clientele skews younger, they want video. Right, right. The evidence is out there on that one. Yeah. So, so come up with some sort of cornerstone series, and this is going to be your most important content that you create. Right, and it's something that you're going to do regularly. And to your point, Stephen, it doesn't have a finite end either. Right. It's not like you know, five set of videos and then I'm done. No, it's something that's ongoing on a regular basis. You do this. So uh, again, talking about structure, the creation process also requires structure. Mm -hmm. So we might have a monthly meeting about content. We might also have a planned monthly shoot for video yep. or a planned article due date. We get plenty of those reminders every, every month. Sure. Uh, and that we have a process by which we d d distribute. Mm -hmm. Right. All that stuff. We keep ours in Monday. Uh, it's a project management tool. You yep. can keep it however you want, but you need a written process for how this stuff gets done and distributed. That's when you know you're getting serious about content is that you have some process around the creation that it's not just, well, I'm going to shoot a video today. I think like that's not someone who's serious about content creation. Someone who's serious knows that like for the next few months, these are the topics we've already outlined. Here's when we're recording. Here's when we think the distribution will happen. It's all laid out. And that is, uh, these are lessons that we've learned the hard way. Because we are not, ne neither Kevin nor I are no. naturally like process people. No. That's just, that's not me. It's certainly not me. It's certainly, no. it's not Kevin. Like we don't live by process. Like I don't get up and, and put on my socks the exact same way every day and, uh, you know, have the same morning routine, wake up at the same time. Not a process kind of person. Right. But we've learned the hard way that if you don't have that, you fall victim to the number one problem with content creation, which is inconsistency. Yes. The vast majority of people, when they get into it, whether you're a financial advisor, a consultant, whatever your occupation, you do a few of them and you quit because it's hard work. Yeah. The, it's just like, just like working out, right? Same kind of concept. I've been working out a little bit more lately. Three days in a row. I think that's considered you a You have to tell me. I can tell, man. Look at you. No, you can't tell. No, you're not yet. I've been doing Peloton. Nice. So. 
anyone wants to know my Peloton handle, send me a message on uh, LinkedIn. Hold me accountable. I do the emo rides. That's what I do. It's uh, at Lance Armstrong. <laughs> anyway, all right. Um, okay, so you have some sort of cornerstone series, and this is what you're going to hang your hat on. This is where you're going to put a lot of time and energy into. The next phase of the process is to create what we refer to as micro-content from that cornerstone series. The hardest part is oftentimes coming up with ideas and, and ways to expound on them. Yeah. The easy part should be once you get that in its first form, article, video, podcast, doesn't matter. Once it's in its first form, it's a heck of a lot easier to make other content. It is. You can go in. So, so what you'd want to do is go in and listen to that podcast or, or the, watch that video or whatever it is and look for opportunities for micro content. So this could be like 10 to 15 second audio clips, um, video clips. It could be uh, a quote from the podcast that you turn into more you know, of some sort of standalone graphic. But you're just at that point, you're kind of dissecting right? The longer form content to create content that that's, that's then more appropriate for the platforms that you're posting on in terms of you know, LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter, because we want to optimize for consumption inside of the feed. Like no one's going on LinkedIn and wanting to watch, um, you know, a 30 minute video podcast. Like no, no one is doing that. However, we can pull 15 seconds out of this podcast, post it on LinkedIn, link to the full episode on YouTube or wherever you want to stream podcasts. Um, and that makes a lot more sense. A lot of times we get asked about the division of labor around marketing for, let's say, a small to mid-sized financial team. Mm -hmm. And people want to know, what, what can my marketing person do? And the division often is that you, as the financial professional or, or one of the lead members of the team, is going to have to be actively involved in the content creation process in yes. terms of you have to create the initial, your voice has got to be on the podcast, your face has got to be on the video and that sort of thing. However, once it's from that point, you can rely on either your internal team or a group of outsiders, <clears throat> Oxley, uh, to... Nice plug. I, well, it's true. Like yeah, It is true. Either your internal team or a group of outsiders to hyper-dissect that content and give you a very rich presence online. Right. I mean, the, the idea that... I mean, this, this is not easy. And to your point, like, you're going to have to be... The advisor is going to have to be involved in that process, but they don't necessarily have to be involved in the, like, the editing of it. Um, the micro content development, like they don't have to be involved in all of that stuff, right? But they're going to have to show up and create the content. You don't have time to. Right. It's exhausting. But you're talking about you don't have time to... What, to be involved in every aspect yes, of it. exactly. If you think you can design content, manage your own website, run and monitor your ads, respond to comments real time, you're not doing it. Right. I mean, it's just you're spreading too thin. So anyway, I think that directly correlates to the idea of inconsistency because you do that once and you're like, "Ooh, I'm done. Wow, finally. But you need to do another one next week. Right. So it, it becomes like, you know, if you want to do it consistently, sometimes you need a partner. It doesn't always have to be Oxley. Right. It could be someone else on your team or it could be some someone else you outsource to. But you need a partner in that content creation process. Now, the third component, so just to back up, right, when you talk about ideation, you're, you're coming up with ideas. Next, we talk about having some sort of cornerstone series. You know, third, we talk about micro content. Fourth, we talk about distribution of that content, right? And distribution can go in a couple different ways. It can be organic, right, or it can be paid. Organically, if you're listening to this, chances are you've already got a Facebook business page, probably got LinkedIn. You might have Twitter or Instagram whatever your networks are, certainly think about the network appropriate way of sharing that content, mm -hmm. right? That's your organic reach, as everybody would say. 
Now, the one challenge with that is that many of you have fairly small audiences to begin with. You know, if you're a small to mid-sized financial firm, you typically have a small audience. It's growing, but it's small. And that the networks are a little bit stingy with regards to organic reach. They're only going to show a fraction of those people your actual content. Right. So we've got to be thinking beyond. If we want to get real serious about it, and if you're going to invest the time and energy into doing a, a cornerstone series like we've described here, you're going to want to put a little bit of budget into advertising that. That's a question we get sometimes from, from advisors who work at a firm, a major firm, who gives them content. So sometimes they'll say, well, what content should I boost, right? Or what content should I put some ad dollars behind? It's not the firm provided content. It's content that like you spent time creating. Like that makes a ton of sense to run ads and build a following for that content, right? I mean, again, like you said, you spend a lot of time and energy on this. You have a team that's helping you develop it. It's okay to spend some money behind it to get that, that distri the di distribution that you're desiring. Yeah, and, and of all the objectives on social networks, when you go to advertise your own content, it's the cheapest. Yeah. So if you said, for every podcast we put out, we're going to put forth a $100 budget or 300 or 500 yeah. you can get a lot of reach for that. You really, you really can. And, and that goes back to like thinking through demand generation versus lead generation. I mean, that is demand gen. Like I'm trying to you know, build that audience and show them that, they're, that I am a thought leader, that when that time comes, I'm the person that they should come to versus the lead gen mindset of like, hey, fill out this white paper, like a, this, this lead capture form for white paper. I mean, that's, to me, that's a, it's a little bit old school. Yeah, short-sighted in a lot short, of ways. Short-sighted in a lot of ways. I like that. Um, okay, here's a question that I have, Stephen, and this is one that we, um, we received recently from some advisors when we were creating content, or we're talking about content creation, sorry, um, was how much do I give away? I mean, how much information do I truly give away here? And can I give away too much? I think the short answer is no, you can't give away too much. And there's I, nothing... I there's nothing you're sharing with clients that couldn't be found somewhere else on the web. Exactly. Yeah, it's already, it already exists. And, and if you're not willing to give it away, someone else is willing to give it away, and they're the one who's bu building the audience. Yeah, there's no you know, paywall behind which you keep your best content. <laughs> or there's no, like, you've got to be a client to really learn this. The value you bring is that you're able to apply all of the knowledge that you have to a client's unique situation. Yeah. Or, yeah, or when, if, if I'm in the, the shoes of like seeking out the information, I'm not looking for, to pay for anything. Like I'm looking for the free information, right? Like if I'm running that Google search, I'm not looking to find a website where I can subscribe, you know, on a monthly basis to get access to someone's content, you know, around, you know, financial advice. And then create your own financial plan and manage your own money. I'm not, right? So like instead, it, it, and it seems weird, like to say, you know what, like give it all away. But that's how we build trust with you. That's how we see you as an authority. Right? So, so it's, it's really an important part here. And I remember during this presentation, some, some advisors were very hesitant about that. Well, they won't need me if I give it all away. And I'm telling you, what are they going to go do and like piece it all together and like, yes, develop their own plan or maybe, I mean, and if it's someone who is truly that DIY investor, like what's the likelihood of them actually hiring you? It's probably pretty slim. So be open to giving more away. You're going to build more relationships and more authority that way. So as you're thinking about your own, uh, your own content process, for some of you, you may not have that on paper yet. And I think that's a really good place to start is what type of content will I put forth and, and what does that look like? How many meetings per month? What do those meetings entail? What type of planning do I do in advance? What type of budget? There's so much that can go into that. And if you need help, that's what we do. 
a growing portion of our business are for those who come to us for more than one service. And they do that because, let's face it, as an advisor, you've got a lot of options in every service that exists under the, the umbrella of marketing. Mm-hmm. Variety of podcast providers, a variety of website providers, mostly kind of basic and templated, but still they exist. Video editors. Video editors. You know, um, uh, social there, uh, media management. There, I mean, there's, there's a lot of There's a growing portion of people would, that would rather have that under one umbrella, and that's what we provide, including an account manager who can serve as one point of contact between all of those services. So if you haven't considered Oxley, this may be the time. Think about uh, content, ads, website, which of those pieces can we take off your plate? Uh, Again, like and subscribe if you haven't already. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Kevin, it's been a pleasure. Hey, always a good time. 